The Way Out Podcast, episode 119. Recently, I I read this poem called The Dash, and... Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, if you guys haven't... I don't... I can't remember who the author is, but... I'll look it, it up. It talks about, you know, the dash uh, between life and death. Like, you know, I was born in 1994, right? Dash, present, right? You know, so if I were to die tomorrow... The dash would be the days in between and you know her funeral was truly a celebration of the dash the dash by linda ellis i read of a man who stood to speak at a funeral of a friend he referred to the dates on her tombstone from the beginning to the end he noted that first came the date of her birth and spoke of the following date with tears but he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive on earth, and now only those who loved her know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love, and how we spend our dash. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on this week's installment of The Way Out, sharing stories from people just like you who have recovered from alcoholism and other addictions. The Way Out does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. Our purpose is to share with you, one episode at a time, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. The Way Out podcast is sponsored by Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous, online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check out the official website of the Way Out Podcast at www.wayoutcast.com. There you will find links to our latest episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Radio FM. You can also follow The Way Out Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Help us get the message out that lifelong recovery from alcoholism and addiction is possible by giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Have a question or comment about an upcoming or previous show? Call us right now. Area code 218-382-1960. Call us anytime, day or night and leave us a message on whatever is on your mind. Maybe it's a previous episode topic or something that you're struggling with in your own recovery. Call us at 218-382-1960 and leave the Way Out podcast hosts a message and we could feature it on our next episode. That's 218-382-1960. Help us recover out loud. Last but certainly not least, make sure to check out altrecoveryrigs.com for stunning rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's allrecoveryrings.com. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. Along with Jason and Alex, I'm Charlie, and this week we're taking on the number one offender in preventing recovery from taking root and often a major contributor to relapse, resentments. We shed light on what resentments actually are, how to detect if you have them, 
why it's so important to move past them, now to actually live a life that is free of the devastating effects of resentment. Plus, we take calls from the Way Out podcast listeners. Listen up. Alex, Jason, we got the band back together again. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We're talking resentments in recovery. And this is episode 119. Wow. 119 episodes of the Way Out podcast. The numbers are racking up. And they really are, man. Yeah. And we're share, sharing a lot of experience, strength, and hope, which is really cool. And it's, you know, one podcast at a time mm-hmm. and one listener at a time. Hopefully, we're making a little bit of a difference yeah. for people. And that's the idea here. I know it's making a difference for me. So, and it is yeah. for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, being able to be here this week, I know that my week's going to be better already. Well, we missed my you, week man. is better because you're here, brother. Yeah. We missed you. We missed you. We really did. And and I'm glad you're back. And I missed you guys and all of the way out the way out cast audience. I really did. Alex, I want you to share something that I know happened that was uh, uh of uh, major significance to you very recently uh with the way out podcast audience and um you have the floor, brother. Yeah. So, one of the things in recovery that I uh, that inevitably happens is we have to distance ourselves when we're when we're starting to get clean or sober or trying to change our life. We have to distance ourselves from the people who are still engaging in toxic behaviors. And um, one of the greatest blessings that I had was over the last couple months, I've gotten to know I've gotten to know someone all over again, um, and her name is Jessie and. I was able to kind of show her that recovery really can be this amazing thing. And I started taking her to meetings and she was starting to really show interest. And I mean, you want to talk about high apple pie. I had high hopes for this girl. And uh, two weeks ago, I learned that she died of an overdose. And that was something that really hit me hard. You know, someone who was right there and all she had to do was reach out and grab, grab it. And she could have had it and uh, she had a bad day and she picked up and well, I mean, that was the end for her. And I mean, you know, the, the crazy part is, you know, we talk about fentanyl overdoses and, you know, the things they're associated with and, you know, without getting too far into detail, like, I mean, this was something completely unexpected. You know, this wasn't your typical opioid overdose or anything like that. I mean, you know let it serve as a warning that, I mean, they're cutting everything with it now, yep. everything. And, you know, I'm grateful to be here and be able to do something, not only for myself, but something to honor my friend Jesse's memory. Yeah. And to that end, we offer up this podcast in honor of your friend, Jesse, who lost her life to addiction, to this disease of addiction at 22 years old so we will have a moment of silence starting now for Jesse I understand Alex that her funeral was a celebration of how she lived her life not about how she died 
Yeah. And for that, you must be grateful. You know, I really am. Because, I mean, you know, recently I I read this poem called The Dash. And yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. If you guys haven't, I don't, I can't remember who the author is, but I'll look it, it, up. it talks about, you know, the dash uh, between life and death. Like, you know, I was born in 1994, right? Dash present, right? You know, so if I were to die tomorrow, the dash would be the days in between. And, you know, her funeral was truly a celebration of the dash. And, you know, I mean, she did wonderfully in high school. She did a lot of amazing things to help a lot of really cool people. And you want me to read it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's Let's hear. Okay. The dash by Linda Ellis. Yeah. Um, Wait here. I just had the dang thing up here. Okay. (laughs) It says the dash by Linda Ellis. I read of a man who stood to speak at a funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on her tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of her birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive on earth. And now only those who loved her know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? That's it. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry for your loss, man. And it's like I always like, I'm always talking about how I'm stepping over dead bodies in this program, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> people, people that refuse to give it a shot, people that have really had like quality recovery going on and and some good significant clean time and just had so many promises come true in their life like far beyond whatever they would have wished for in the beginning and and for whatever reason you know like um and and a lot of times it sounds like the story is complacency right like they they stop doing this or that you know certain ingredients that are crucial to their recovery and here it happens you know and it's it's just tragic and it's hard and it hurts yeah and that's the thing about this disease is it does not discriminate it doesn't care no it doesn't know any bounds it doesn't and i know that when we're talking recovery And we're talking that process of recovery, which unfortunately, friend Jesse wasn't able to 
embark upon. Um, some of us are able to do that. And when we do that, one of the things that we need to address very early in the recovery process is resentments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice segue. <laughs> I love the it. best you can do in the circumstances, Man, yeah, right? Super good. You know, I think it's interesting because I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, I knew what resentment was like. I knew the definition, but like I, I didn't know what a resentment was like in a real world real world application until i got sober and started working on my fourth step a lot of us don't think we have resentments right right what are you talking about so let's get a way out podcast definition of resentment and then we're gonna have actually a follow-up definition so okay resentment is a noun and it's bitter indignation at having been treated unfairly which makes sense, but it also begs the question, what the fuck is indignation? <laughs> wow. Or what defines He's it? like, so I'm going to have to tell you that, too, so that you guys get it. This is correct. Yeah. Right on, right on. So indignation is anger or annoyance provoked <laughs> by what is perceived as unfair treatment. Say that again. Anger or annoyance by what is perceived as unfair treatment. You done me wrong. Right. You harmed me. But they just added bitter because bitter. to like uh, ex- accentuate that or Correct. drive it home. Yep. And yeah. the bitterness really, from that perspective, really alludes to the fact that, you know, this is a festering sore. Right. Or right? maybe because it's repeated offense. Well, let's talk about that. When you say repeated, because resentment really means to refeel. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it really does, for uh, all intents and purposes, uh, mean that we're feeling that hurt over and over and over again. And on that note, I would also add that even if it was just like a one thing, one thing that happened, but if we're stewing on it, if we're, you know, rolling it in our mind day after day, it gets stronger it does you know we fit we're feeding that that monster you're stoking the fire and oh, it's yeah. really revealing to look at the word itself because resentment is close to resentment sentiment meaning feeling and re-meaning again so resentment is literally feeling again this gets to the heart of resentment recycling old negative feelings mm. or revisiting old wrongs done to us by others it's as if each of the offending incidents is captured on videotapes in our minds. Resentment, in effect, is mentally replaying the scene countless times each day. As we do so, real wrongs grow worse, and wrongs that were merely imagined assume a life of their own. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, if that ain't the truth. I was going to say, like, when I, when I did my fifth step, dude, or... Actually, no, scratch that. But like when I was starting to do uh, my amends, you know, and I would confront some issues and try to own my part and we'd be talking about it and my recollection or the, the narrative that I told myself was like way twisted or off. You know, it's like stories around the campfire, but in my own head, the more I told it to myself, the more like shit I would add in there. Yeah, the worse know? the worse it would get. And yeah, it, I would change the story. Yeah, you would. You would change the story to match how it felt. I always 
feel like when I looked at the resentments, I would often do that. I would often make the story worse than it was. Mm-hmm. Their part worse, my part smaller. Yeah, weird. for sure, dude. Because <laughs> if I, if I seem like I'm at fault, then fucking it makes it seem like they were justified, right? But I was right. making their action and their behavior match how I felt about it. Yeah, and I right? want people and I to felt f- super butt hurt. And I want other people to feed that fucking monster too, you That's know, right. and, and coddle me or oh, we're yeah. gonna talk about yeah. that. or back my well, shit up. You know, it's interesting you say that because when. I started making my amends, right? Uh, you know, I remember getting really frustrated and I was, you know, I just got out of uh, a coffee shop where I had made one of my amends and I got really frustrated with my sponsor. I'm like, why the fuck don't I feel better, man? Like, <laughs> dude, I'm like so mad right now. Like, and it's it's not even that it went bad. Like, you know, he said, you know, there's, an, there's a huge difference between making an amends and making an apology. Yes. Like... Mm-hmm. Making amends is to re- to to relieve yourself of this resentment that you've been carrying. Letting right? it go. Yeah, and if and that involves an apology, great, cool. Right. But if you are trying, if you're making an amends, you don't have to make an apology. Right. Or you're still mad when you walk away. Then that wasn't letting go. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know? So how many times in the first yeah. 164 pages? Oh God. Does the word <laughs> resentment? A lot. <laughs> Come up. Let's see. I'm going to go with... And I'd say that there's a Way Out podcast signature limited edition coffee mug up for the winner, but you all have one already. So, Dude, I love that mug. Thank <laughs> Dude, you so much. Thank you, man. 98. I'm going to go with 113. 20 times. What the what? heck? 20 times. Not <laughs> a trick question because we think, but ultimately <laughs> it talks... Bill likes to use... When he writes, he doesn't like to use the same word twice, almost ever. If you remember reading through the big book, you would real you remember reading words that were very similar to the it word meant that you the just same re- thing. Exactly. Me and my but first sponsor that, were fact, like, yep, yep, checking out dictionary yep. all the time. He was taught by his mother in writing that you don't you you really work and take great pains not to use the same word over and over and over and over again that it's lazy. So Bill, when he wrote the first 164, took great pains to do that. So the, by by virtue of it being in there 20 times in 164 pages, knowing that Bill Wilson took great pains not to duplicate words, that's a lot of times. Yeah, it is. That's a lot of times. There is. It could have been 100 times. Yeah and, yeah, and if you took all the words that he used instead of resentment. The synonyms, right. yeah. Yep. So yes. let's talk about some antonyms for resentment. Oh. Calm, calmness, cheer, comfort, delight, friendliness, glee, goodwill. I think goodwill is a great antonym for mm-hmm. resentment. I was almost feeling like like a love or something. Love is one of them. Yeah. Is Kindness, acceptance? joy. Uh, no, but it is in recovery when you think about recovery and resentment. Mm-hmm. Acceptance is an opposite of, it is an opposite. Well, and that ties into what you were just saying, you know, that mm-hmm. like uh, making an amend doesn't have to, an amend doesn't have to include an apology, you know, right? It, because it's just a, a matter of letting go of the resentment, accepting the person for who they are, what they are. Yeah. Yeah, and just letting it be. Yeah. So the the habit, the mental habit that we talked about where we are reliving this over and over 
and we are often making um, real or imagined. Do you hear that in the big book? Mm-hmm. Harms that were real <laughs> or imagined, and I imagined more than a few. Oh, yeah. Okay? <laughs> this habit extracts tremendous costs. After all, resentment does nothing to change the person we resent, nor does it resolve conflict. Instead of freeing us from the wrongs of others, resentment allows those people to dominate our thinking. Yeah. A kind of emotional bondage. It doesn't even hurt the other person. Nothing. nothing they don't even nothing. know most of the time. They ain't losing no sleep. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, that. though? You know what I mean? Like, they have no idea how much emotional turmoil you've been going through. Literally no idea. Yeah. Right. If I had a dollar for every time that every time the words holy shit came out when I was make when I went through making my amends, totally. like, oh my God. Yeah. People are like, really? Yeah. There there'd be a few people with big books. So. Most addicts and alcoholics have a PhD in holding on to stuff. Agree? Yeah. Yeah. It is so easy to convince oneself that our problems are not our own. Somebody else made the bed and now you have to sleep in it. One tries to stuff the perceived wrongdoing deep down into the cavities of one's mind, but inevitably the feelings will bubble up to the surface to be relived again. Hmm. Someone in active addiction will dull such feelings or attempt to with <laughs> drugs or alcohol and thus perpetuating the cycle of the disease. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go to filling that God-sized hole again. Oh, how, how come nobody ever told me in the beginning that like, oh, this shit's going to work great to make you feel better, but it doesn't work forever. It'll stop working. <laughs> I yeah. wish I wish somebody would have like, gave right. me a heads eventually up. it'll stop working. Like, right. thanks, dude. Good yeah. looking out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Resentment and blame. This is from Smart Recovery and I really liked it. Okay. Um, so this is not 12-step based, but I really enjoyed the perspective smart recovery has right, right. on resentment. It's good. When you have a resentment, a major part of you closes down. You become bitter and less able to express your love. You lose your aliveness and your joy for life. You put up walls of protection and you make your life more difficult. Yeah. Letting go of resentment is not for the benefit of the other person. Letting go of resentment is for you. Yeah. When you resent someone, you are saying very forcefully that the other person is the problem, the cause, and the fault, not you. You forcefully blame the other person so you don't have to look at yourself. If you looked at yourself, you would have to experience all of the hurt from what happened. You would have to feel all of the hurt of being not good enough not worth loving, or some other form of not okay. To avoid this hurt, you resent. Unwittingly causing yourself more hurt. The first step in releasing the resentment is to be willing to feel this hurt. Look under the resentment and find the hurt. Find the feelings of being not good enough or not worth loving that you are avoiding. The rejection the pain feeling, find that first yeah, fill in the blank man. feel it yeah be vulnerable expose yourself and allow yourself to feel that feeling that is fueling the resentment yeah be willing to experience them cry if you can once you are willing to feel this hurt you will no longer need the resentment hmm. I've said it a hundred times dude like when people ask me how how did i how did you free yourself how did i change right and right. like 
they started with vulnerability. When I opened my mouth and I asked for help and I actually let people help me, like that was it, dude. That was when I found out what how magical it is when one addict is talking to another, dude. Like it says in the NA book, the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel. And that was so true for me. I've been to tons of therapy in my life and I never got healing or comfort or peace or relief like I did from just talking to addicts. And that was without step work, dude. Like that was just in the beginning. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it fucking showed me something, man. And it showed me that this shit is worth the squeeze and I'm going to give her a shot, like a real go for it, you know, and I did. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. So let's talk about some things that cause resentment, expecting someone to be different than who they are. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Expectations. Oh, <laughs> premeditated resentment, right? Anything you put an expectation on. Dude. Absolutely. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. It'll piss me off. <laughs> if I have an expectation, that is a dangerous road. Oh, yeah. That is a dangerous road for me. Yeah. Yep. Feeling wronged, betrayed, or offended, not admitting your true feelings, hoping someone will give you what you give. So that reciprocity, I give so much to this person and they don't give shit. But that's an unspoken expectation. It is. It's very related. You're setting an expectation. You're saying. But you're not making a request, you know. And it, that's key. Having an expectation without actually making it known to the other person that yep. you have that expectation. And then you get more and more pissed. And then you get pissed at as them for time not living on. up to the expectation that yeah. they didn't know you had for them. Yeah, they have no fucking clue. Yeah, that as you if they're supposed them. to fucking read your mind. <laughs> what a mind yep. fuck. That it's is. real. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. real. And I've done that shit so many times. Or you can get resent. You can get resentful when you're trying to avoid conflict. I like when you said the not expressing your true emotions thing, because that's, you know, to thine own, to thine self be true or thine own self be true. It says it on the AA medallions, and that's one of the most important slash hardest things about recovery. I Absolutely. I mean, yeah. even when you're really working a solid program and doing everything you need to do, it's really hard to um, be true to yourself sometimes and not let shit slide that's one of those things that's much easier said than done yep yep. it takes practice it does yeah well you feel resentful notice what happens in your body is there a knot in your stomach oh or are your shoulders tense yeah unexpressed resentment gets stored in the body as stress yeah it feels like bricks on your back after a while you start feeling more unsatisfied in your relationships and your life alex yeah yeah I mean, you know, honestly, it's funny because, as I mentioned before, I didn't really know what resentment was. I didn't know what it felt like. And when my sponsor and I sat down and we started working on on my fourth step and I went over it with him and he's like, how did it feel to write all this out? And I said, you know what? I was surprised at the amount of shit that I wrote down. You know, in terms of people, places, and things that bothered me. But I was also more surprised at how I was able to let it go simply by writing it down. Like, I, I wrote that down, and I'm like, that happened 10 years ago. Why am I still pissed off about it? Dude, right? I, that wasn't my... Dude, I wasn't ready to let it go. I I felt like shit after I did my fourth step. I was like second-guessing whether or not I wanted to even do a fifth step, but I wanted to because they told me 
that it was going to help me let it go. Yeah. And then the fifth step was super hard for me because he's telling me shit that was not what I believed, was not what I felt, and wasn't my uh, reality up to that point. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I had like yeah. a way different. Yeah. So we're going to talk more about the fourth That's step. Awesome, because the though. fourth step is all about resentment. So we're going to talk much more about that and what the big book says about that. Mm-hmm. Before we do that, I think this was a really interesting idea about resentments and why we hold on to them. We hold on to resentments because we think the anger is justified and that feels good. It's called secondary gain. This means there's a payoff for keeping the resentment going (laughs) despite how much it hurts. Finding out what that gain is will help move past it. So we're getting an intrinsic benefit from this resentment. We don't know what it is a lot of times because that's subconscious. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're not conscious of much inactive addiction, right? Yeah. Um, Examples of secondary gain. It gives you energy and a sense of purpose. It gives you a compelling story. Now think about that. And I think about a compelling story. That MFR did X, Y, Z, A, B, C... You know, and now I get to be victim oh, and yeah. martyr. You get sympathy. Oh. You might get laid. Absolutely. You might oh. get free drinks. 100%. Get somebody to get you high. Hundo P. Yeah, dude, See? that's, don't, don't yeah! use that. You don't say that. I do. <laughs> Early and often. Hundo P. No. Dude, I think about that, man, and it reminds me of when I was, uh, you know, really like, just borderline suicidal and always back and forth and i think it depended on how much i had at my disposal you know i would either feel like i was on cloud nine or maybe i'd run low and whatever but with my that stuff with my oldest kids man and i hung on to that whole thing and i just had that victim thing going and but i think that that secondary gain for me was definitely the the sympathy card but yeah retelling the story gives you attention and support but then also, because it gave, I think it gave me an excuse to be like, "What's it matter anyway?" Like, the it allowed you to for to me, keep using lingo, you know, because my that was life, the primary secondary game yeah. for me. Now, this yeah. is from a a psychological perspective. Yeah, it's good. So a lot of people can have resentments and not go to you know using, but my, my but something fill in the blank, right? But for me, there was secondary gain. Right, I liked the anger that resentment allowed me to harbor. Okay, so the resentments fueled anger, and anger felt good to me. It felt powerful. Right, and we, I got drunk yeah. on anger a lot. Yeah, and yeah. that fueled that anger and that resentment fueled my addiction, and I enjoyed that. Because it allowed me to be able to perpetuate this victim. I get all the time. I get screwed all the time by other people. And so I'm going to be angry and resentful and perpetuate my addiction. And I think yeah. when I would fantasize about the things that I would do to somebody, that's when I would really get the the power surge. Get drunk on that. Yeah. Like it was mm-hmm. another high. See, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to play the holier or humbler than thou art card here, but like the only thing that resentment did for me was it kept me sick. 
you know, yeah. and I mean, I never, you know, I never had, you know, people get me high or I, you know, I, I, w- I've never been a big, like, you know, oh, I want to get sympathy from someone or this or that. I mean, you know, and honestly, I drank to not feel angry. Like I got scared, like mm. the amount of anger that I would feel in my active use was scary to me. Mm. So I, I, I can relate to that, you know, mm. and Hey man, that's good. Yeah. I was you know saying, what I'm saying? I, I, think- I thought you were going to be like, uh, not to be holier now, but you guys are fucking sounding crazy. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to well, say. You know what? Because we were crazy. And oh, we were. That's important to hear because not everybody in active addiction was a was was a power, got drunk on power and anger like I did. Right. Right. right? That's not everybody. It well, that's the point of me, having but the different perspectives on the show that's and right. different hosts and yeah. stuff. That's this is valuable. That's why yeah. for this that is reason, right? Bro. Because there's going to people that identify with you that just it just it it just was like pee in their wheaties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And there wasn't anything fun about resentment at all. So I just dumped it out, man. Right. Yeah. So I just, you know, got new Wheaties and everything was cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and for me, I loved me a good resentment. I loved me. <laughs> you love the taste of piss and Wheaties. damn skippy eye did would because eat it allowed fuckers. me to be able to be like, who the fuck pissed in my Wheaties? I <laughs> If I keep eating and then them, I'd then go the more, and I'd be like, <laughs> more do you know mad. what happened? Somebody just fucking pissed in my Wheaties. That's the kind of life I have. That's the kind of bullshit they'd be that like, I gotta deal with. Those motherfuckers did it on purpose. They're out like, to fucking get me. They'd be like, stop eating it then, yeah, and you'd be, be like, like sitting there shoveling right, yeah, in your exactly. mouth. And I, I, yelling. Like, get new Wheaties, bro. <laughs> I, I love that you just said that, Jason. Like, it's, it really is as still as simple as dump the fucking Wheaties out, yeah. and make yourself a new bowl. <laughs> Right, right, right. Right. I shouldn't fucking have to do that. Shout <laughs> <laughs> yep, Exactly. Oh. Assholes. You know, you know, Charlie, I got something for you and it's here in my back pocket. <laughs> it's called a clue. <laughs> That's yep. nice. So, uh, we talked about secondary gains, okay? By repeating the story, we talked about, you know, retelling this story allows us often to get attention and support. It continues the cycle. Right, yeah, it keeps us sick. The resentment continues and nothing gets resolved. Initially, you get some empathy, but when the resentments linger, it changes your attitude. Now, have any of you noticed resentment causes you to pull away and not trust people, or start mm-hmm. to assume people will hurt you? You worry that it will let it that if you let it go, you will have to forgive. God forbid. Oh. Um. You can't see where you're wrong, so you think about it. Uh, so you think it'll be about all the other person. So um, all of those things, I think we ne- we 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 worry about when it comes to resentment. Um, if we can, if we can move through resentment, we're going to experience some freedom. Yeah, that's real gain right there. Right. Some serious freedom. There's so, there was resentments I didn't even know I had. Right? So uncovering those was definitely a process that was a it was a a process of uncovering. It was like, you know, really being a detective in my own life in terms of evaluating all of my relationships, the people that I resented. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting as I started working through the fourth step which is centered around resentments, mm-hmm. principally, 
is when I really became aware of truly how much resentment I was carrying and how many tapes I was playing over and over in my head about people that had done me wrong Mm -hmm. and people that had hurt me, institutions that had hurt me, and, you know, God, you know, that had done me wrong. I had a lot of resentments, and God was first and foremost, number one with a bullet on my list, with a bullet. So working through that, and, you know, before working the first step, I would have never told you that I resented God. Never. And if you would have asked me, I would have been like, what are you talking about? That doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. I hated that. I hated God more than anything. Yet mm-hmm. I wasn't really even aware of it. Wow. Can you relate to that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. whatever our protestations, the big book says, are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments, and <clears throat> our self-pity? selfishness, self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows, and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic addict is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he or she usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. A higher power makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without the aid of a higher power. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. Hypocrisy. Right? (laughs) Neither could have we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decide to hear after in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He's the principal. We are his agents. He is the father, we are his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch which we passed to freedom. Mm. So I had to have a God of my understanding in order to be able to embark on this fourth step, right? Because I had to take this power into the fourth step in order to be able to be searching and fearless, completely honest, right? And when I just went upon a relationship or discovered a resentment as I was writing them through, I had to put that down on paper even though I didn't want to. I had to talk about that with my sponsor even though I didn't want to. Yeah, that's what this recovery is all about. It's all about doing the opposite of what you want to at times. You know, it, it involves doing things even though you don't want to. And a higher power was important for that in my in that respect. So really step three, the steps are in order, right, for a reason. And steps, you know, one, two, and three, two and three specifically when it comes to working the fourth step, allowed this relationship, allowed me to tap into this higher power as I was working through this fourth step. <clears throat> and the big book says, therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. 
A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking commercial inventory is a fact-finding and fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock in trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods, to get rid of them promptly without regret. The owner of the business is to be successful. He cannot fool himself about values. We did the exact same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup which caused our failure, being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us. We had considered its common manifestations. Resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics and addicts than anything else. Mm -hmm. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. For mm -hmm. we have not only been mentally and physically ill, We've been spiritually sick. When the, spiritually ma when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. Right. I repeat that. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. And resentments block us. Yeah. Right? Well, totally. You talk about the business going bankrupt if we don't do an inventory. I was spiritually bankrupt. I talk about reaching a point of spiritual death. Like I had such lack of spirituality and, you know, an understanding of God that or higher power that I mean, I, I literally I, I mean, I had nothing, you know, and it, it's no wonder my life reflected that. And it's amazing. We could talk a lot about the fourth step, but it's really rather simple, isn't it? I'm <laughs> resentful at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who? The cause, what did they do to me? What's my part in it? And it affects what part of me? What part of self and does I think it that, affect? Yeah, I think that's a great way to like bring it back to me. Like, I mean, you know, the only, you know, you guys know who the only person that, uh, that really helps us hold on to resentment is? Ourselves. Correct. Mm. Yep. That is you correct. know, I was thinking like, this whole thing, like resentments make you lose any faith or trust in the people around you. You know, eventually it breaks it down to where you you lose faith, if even if you had it ever. Or or you just get angry at God, you know, or or if there is a God. And and it literally like gets to that point where you're you can't stand yourself anymore either, but you just feel so alone and like for me, like you were saying, Charlie, like you had to find like a relationship, you know, with, with God before you could do the fourth step. But for me, it was like, I just knew that I seen people getting better and I, and I was convinced finally that it wasn't just a fluke with these people. So, and I knew how they did it was somebody helped them. Right. So I took that another step further as I always do because I'm an extremist and I was like, well, there's tons of people like that in this room that sponsor people and shit. So I'm going to like draw wisdom from all these fucking people. So I went from being that guy that nobody ever heard like hang around or like got to know to like getting to know everyone. And that was what like my higher power was that helped me do it. But, you know, it all did once I did the steps and I worked through the resentments, it, it, stopped blocking me i opened up that conduit and then i was able to like achieve like a spiritual life which then turned into a god consciousness later so i mean like we've mentioned it so many times before it's it's all subjective and everybody's experience is different in recovery 
but it's definitely fucking worth the squeeze, man, to get up. No doubt about it. And, you know, we talk about, you know, why we're angry. That's what we're doing. We're doing a four step. We're we're basically listing all the people we're pissed off at. Right. Mm -hmm. Why we're angry at them. Right. Most cases, in most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, ambitions, personal relationships, including sex, were hurt or threatened. Now, for me, (laughs) it was much about. And I didn't know this Mm -hmm. until I did the four step. But when I was angry with people, it is because they threatened something I thought I needed to be okay. Mm-hmm. Now, that could have been love. That could have been attention. That could have been companionship. That could have been money. That could have been a place to live. That could have been my children. Mm. So any of those things where I truly believed I needed those things in order to be okay. Yeah. And most of the time I didn't feel okay. Mm-hmm. I felt very un-okay before getting into recovery. So there's lots of opportunities for people to threaten things that I really thought I needed to be okay. Mm-hmm. And alcohol and drugs before that were a part of that. If you threatened my alcohol, oh, yeah. or if you threatened my drugs, then I would retaliate re- retaliate at you. But that was because that's the elusive shit, you know? Mm. We don't think that it's a problem, right? So it's like, who the fuck, how dare you, you know? Judge me. Agreed. But, I, but most of the time when I hurt somebody else, it's because something that I thought I needed in order to be fundamentally okay was being threatened. And when I think about it in that way, it wasn't that I was trying to hurt these people on purpose or that I was just a bad dude. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. No. I was operating subconsciously, protecting a lot of things that I thought I needed to be okay, right? Facts of the matter is you're doing the best you could with what you had or what you knew, oh. the tools you had, you know? Damn straight. We're always doing that. You know? That's sad truth. It's so easy to shit on ourselves. I do it. I mean, I do it. I do it all the time. (laughs) Tell us. Tell us. (laughs) I look back at the things I did when I in active use, and you know, I I don't know. There's a part of me that that loves to shit on that guy that was out there picking up nine bags and drinking and all of this and that. And I mean, and you know, in doing my fourth step, I realized that one of the biggest resentments I had was a series of resentments towards myself. Hell yeah. You know, and and being able to mm-hmm. apologize and forgive and make mm-hmm. amends to myself. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's where real freedom came to me. I needed to and I'm still working on this, but I, it's been it's been so much better lately, but I had to establish a brand new track record with myself, man. Over the last 3 years doing this, we talked about it the other week, you know the best way to build self-esteem is through doing esteemable things and i had such a shitty Mm -hmm. track record in my life dude that i had no fucking choice i was like diving in and owning my shit and calling myself out when i make mistakes and like letting people lift me up dude has been and that's where a day at a time guys becomes really important yeah yeah if i can live today if i can start today and i can be a person that i love and respect Today, if yeah. I can be a guy that I love and respect today, yeah, 
that I then 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 that and that's all I can really do. Or and the, and that and those days add up, and then at some point I look around and I look at myself and I think, yeah. you know, you're not a bad guy. Yeah, little steps. I kind of like you, right? You know? Little steps lead up to big results down the road, and you'd be like, along the way, you'll be like, man doesn't feel like I'm getting very far. It doesn't feel like, you know, I've come a very long way or I'm not achieving what I wanted to achieve. And then, but you just keep pressing on. That's called perseverance. It goes man. back to the dash. Oh, the dude. dash. That was an awesome poem. I love it that It goes poem. back to the dash. Mm. If we start living the dash mm-hmm. and we start living in a way that our the God of our understanding would have us live. And that's the true test for me. Yep. If I'm living in the way that the God of my understanding would have me, and that's being of service mm-hmm. in every way that I can, and expressing as much love as I can, mm-hmm. boy, I fall, I fall short. <laughs> I fall short sometimes, man. Yeah, it's tough. Oof. But that's what makes us human. Bingo. And, and I can learn from that as long as I stay sober and I'm in recovery. I can learn from the pain that's inflicted upon myself when I fall short. Mm-hmm. When I first started doing good in recovery, somebody kind of, you know, threw, threw me, you know, congratulations on a milestone or something, but then kind of like threw some salt in my eye by letting me know or reminding me that this is a lifestyle choice. Recovery is not a one and done thing and it's a lifestyle choice. And they were like, what that means is for the rest of your life, you're always going to have stuff to work on because more will be revealed as you go. Right. <clears throat> and that's that way with resentments too, by the way, like, Oh, I'm on fire. Ah, put me out. <laughs> but you know, like I, I was thinking about that too earlier when you, about the resentments thing that applies to that too. It's like, I'll do my fourth step. I'll think that I, got out everything a lot of times through working the steps and then through helping others i'll come things will be revealed to me down the road gradually Uh, you know things will pop my mind maybe resentments i've been holding that i didn't even wasn't aware of you know or whatever so it's it's just it's a process man and we're always changing we're always growing we're shrinking but yeah I never added myself to my own list when it comes to resentments. You didn't? Mm-mm. And you really were an egomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> With an inferiority complex, don't forget. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget. But I will be doing that tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that'll be, you know, and that's those things that we can do as we continue on in this program, knowing that. Um, you know, I worked the steps to the best of my ability at that given time and it wasn't perfect. And I, and and I'm okay with that because it got me to a place of, uh, uh, to a place I never thought I would be at, to be honest, and be able to receive more wisdom and more truth. Right. You know what, man, Charlie, you, you've always dude, since I met you, I've really enjoyed your company and I feel that you're a very genuine person and you, whatever the hell you tell me about the way you used to be with the power shares and being full of shit and all that stuff, <laughs> faking it, you know, I just want you to know, dude, that I'm super grateful that you're in my life and mm-hmm. I'm proud of you because, you know, podcast or no podcast, like just sitting down and talking to you, you are so, you have 
clearly worked hard and learned so much and really you put work into learning more i mean the, mm-hmm. the amount of prep you do for each show is amazing you know you always pull some good things out and yeah i just want to let you know because if you you know as you get along in this process and then yeah you might become aware that hey you know you know i kind of was a piece of shit and stuff and then it's easy for us to get on that like you know like you were saying and shit on ourselves and mm-hmm. right. stuff alex and it's you know what dude what's important is today and what's important is where's that next foot heading where's where's that next foot stepping so you're you're the man dude and i'm grateful for you thanks brother i love you i love, okay. you, too. I love you too well i love you guys i'm glad you touched on that jason because i, I was thinking about uh how back in august when the three of us started doing this together and i look at how much i've grown like it's honestly i don't want to say scary but it, it's a little <laughs> it's a little bit unbelievable it really is. You know, even good change is uncomfortable. It, th- <laughs> yes! no, there's no doubt. There is absolutely no doubt. And Jason, I love you for saying that. And it's you know, real. one of the things I'm working on is I got it, a new relationship and it's like we were just talking about that in the car today. Like right. she goes, you know, the last couple weekends, you know, she's like, it felt so foreign to be like telling you how amazing you are, how much I enjoy spending time with you. And I'm like, I get it, dude. I'm like, I'm starting to get at ease though now. And it's kind of, it's really cool. I didn't think that I'd be, you know, if you would have asked me like a month ago, if I'd be in a relationship today, I would have been like, probably not. Cause I, I just had no desire, dude, because like you were talking about earlier, I got these trust issues and shit. I got all my big walls built up to protect myself. Cause I'm like doing good and I'm working a solid program and life is like blossoming and like I've come comfortable in my own skin. I found my Zen finally. And you were able to love on me there. And you know, my first inclination was to knock myself down right afterwards. Oh, and I, I and know I didn't, that. And yeah. I didn't do it because I, that's what I'm working on. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Is, take the fucking compliment, bro. Right. I love right. you, man. <laughs> right. You deserve to be loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Thank that's you. real shit. That is real. That's You're awesome. Well, and I appreciate it. You know, we All talk right. about the um. About the things that come one one step at a time, right? And uh, Jason, you were talking about how, you know, somebody reminded you that this is something that you have to do for the rest of your life and how easy that is to to fall into that mind step of like, oh, I made it. Yep. Well, you know what? I have made it. You know, I personally have made it through the first 20 months of this program. And you know what? That's a great, that's a great accomplishment, right? Hell Yeah. But yes, it is. I have no guarantees on tomorrow. Absolutely not. I have no guarantees, you know, for the next. I mean, like literally the only the only thing that I the only thing that I have in terms of time worth saying anything about is up to this moment. Hmm. You know, that's like you better tell me when you're getting that two years too. one hundred percent. You fucking better, dude. I mean, if I stay on this track, it'll be May 5th because last time I gave you one of my tokens was your six month. It was. Or 60 days. Uh, 90 days. 90 days. I still have that. In my backyard, right? Yeah. Dude, yeah. I remember I, we were at a bonfire. I cried my eyes out at midnight, man. <laughs> it was that was good. so awesome. <laughs> I've actually been thinking about getting that one made into a recovery, recovery ring. That was super cool. Yeah. You can get that at allrecoveryrings.com with Christopher Lee Falk. No. All he really wants is your story. It is plain that a life <laughs> which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. To the price that. extent... To the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile, but the alcoholic or addict whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, that's important, the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, not a one and done event. No. 
This business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal, for when harboring such feeling, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of the disease returns and we relapse. And with us, to drink or to use is to die. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal people, but for us, these things are poison. Yeah. And then it goes on to say, and I love this piece, right, is... So what do we do? We realize the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Novel concept. I'm spiritually sick. I was very spiritually sick. I'm still on the path of spiritual wellness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Though we did not like their symptoms in the way they disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend when a person offended we said to ourselves this is a sick person how can i be helpful to them higher power save me from being angry thy will be done and when i can look at a person in that way that they are just doing the best that they can with what they have at the moment and sometimes that means that they hurt me yeah you know there's something that's that's burning inside of me right now that you said doing the best that we can with what we have you know it it brings it back to that that um that justification of you know if you live my life you'd you'd want to get fucked up too (laughs) yeah the righteous indignation right you know and it's interesting how this is my medicine that was another one i really like (laughs) yeah something as simple as saying i did the best i could with what i had feels so good and you know what honestly when i Today, when I feel emotional pain, like, yeah, I feel it and it sucks and it's, it, it doesn't feel good, but I find solace in it because I know that I'm going to grow from this, yeah. that there, this is a learning opportunity. Sure. It sucks. I don't, I don't have to like it, but I know that something good is going to come out of this. Maybe not right away or maybe, maybe not somewhere, you know, even remotely close down the road, but at some point I'm going to, rec- I'm going to feel similar, similar to this and I'm going to remember you know, I made it through that. Yes. That was well powerful. Said, you know, well I was said. thinking about what, when you were saying that, like my mom was a big resentment. I had so much anger and just, I just really had zero respect for her. Like I thought she disgusted me, not like, not to cut any, you know, yeah, let's corners. Say, right. But anyway, she um also, when I grew up, I had kids, I had failed as a father failed so many times i failed my marriages and i failed 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 Mm -hmm. and she's always there for me um it i i came to a different perspective of her you know and i became aware of the fact that like with her head injury and her chemical dependency issues and the fact like oh and then how hard it is to hold down a house right like or paying your bills and i it just blows my mind now when I look at the same mother, the same past, but the fact that she had a home right, as a single mother with three children, and she managed to hold that down on her own, you know, is incredible to me. And yeah, I 
I think that it was only until I came to that point and I like achieved enough horrible failures of my own and and then you know working these steps teaches you about the patient's love and tolerance and acceptance and I mean now it's like it's completely upside down like I don't I I, I revere that so woman. the opposite of resentment in recovery is acceptance mm-hmm. of that person place or thing is as exact, being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment right yep. as well then as the next level is forgiveness right right so i accept that person for who they are and what they did part mm. of the anger that i would get trapped into is it shouldn't have happened they shouldn't have done that i didn't deserve this how dare they right right a, a lack of acceptance that the event even transpired. Mm. So the acceptance really is an important step. And yeah. then the forgiveness. Did either one of you have resentments that continued past step four or five or even past eight and nine? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so that's an important thing to discuss. I mean, ultimately we work through the steps and guess what? We can still have resentments. Yeah. After that, what do we do? How do we deal with my sponsor says I he's like, I got I took care of those ones so I could make room for some more. He (laughs) he always says that he's like, I've been working on some new resentments, he says, because I just worked another fourth step and I got rid of a bunch. So I got room for more. I got some room for some more resentments. Oh, Uh, it's a great one that my sponsor says. Now, Jason thought we were going to forget about this. No, I knew you weren't. Hey guys, you know what? We need it. You love it. We're the shit. You're going to leave that review. And tell your friends to call the show. Start calling the show because we need your input. We need more callers. So that's it. And that was 15 <laughs> seconds of Jason shamelessly and unapologetically shilling. Shilling. <laughs> I love that word. No, seriously. Need to get, get on that. We got some calls, speaking of calls. Get on Ooh. that. You need to get on that. Get on that. Uh, we got Buddy C <laughs> coming up. Hey, guys. Buddy C. Carterville, Georgia. Um, What's up, buddy? Hey, resentments. Gosh, I, I tell you, um, until I started dealing with my resentments, uh, I couldn't get rid of my hate and my uh, all of my angst. Uh, because when I'm uh, a mirror of what I'm putting out, and if I'm uh, putting out anger and resentment toward people, I'm going to get it back. So it's so important that, that uh, I learned to uh, that if I wanted to be loved and wanted to be understood and I wanted to be forgiven, that I had to uh, take the action and do those things first. So, and it really is an action. You know, it really is an intent. So I have to take action and decide to do that. It's like I decide to love people. I uh, have to decide. And uh, we have some great tools for that. You know, our praying, you just kind thoughts towards someone. Uh, I have a scale I use, actually. I start with praying the will of God for them, and if that doesn't work, I can pray that for anybody. I can pray that for Hitler himself. It's not good or bad. Uh, pray for the stuff I like, the stuff I'd want them to have. That doesn't work. 
pray that they'd have what I want. If that doesn't work, I'll start doing kind things for them. And if none of those things work, then I'll spend money on them. So I kind of <laughs> yes. have this scale of uh, of uh, bother on my part to get relief. And I always <laughs> want to do the the, uh, 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 the smallest amount of effort on my part anyway. So, uh, but usually me praying for them over a few days usually does that. I surrender to them too. I'd let go of them and I do a powerlessness practice with them. Like a step three, turn my will and my life over to God's care. Uh, do that in regards to someone too. So, uh, good topic, guys. Look forward to hearing the podcast. Have a great day and thanks for your service. Buddy, you're amazing. I love that. I love two things he said. Number one, that what we ref- what we put out gets reflected back to us. Oh yeah, yeah. and that's absolutely been my experience. Mm-hmm. So we have to be intentional about what we put out. If I want to be loved, I need to love. Yeah. Mm. If I want forgiveness, I have to I need give to forgive. forgiveness. Yeah. You ever heard of the rule of three? I have not. Okay. Well, it, like Wicca is a like spiritual practice, religion, if you will, that I used to study when I was a teenager. But they believe in the rule of three, which is exactly that, that whatever energy you put out into the world will come back upon you threefold. That's been mm. my experience. Yeah. yeah. Good and bad. Yeah, I've always believed that bad a, energy tr- comes back truth. in force, mm-hmm. but good energy has come back in force for me. <clears throat> so I like that piece with body, and I think that really does align with you know some uh, not only the twelve step principles but Buddhist principles as well, mm-hmm. right? What you put in is what you get out, right? The other mm-hmm. piece is he talks about the resentment prayer, right? I pray for them. And I, um, he went to the extent that he would spend money on them. And I like that. Yeah. As a last resort, like nobody wants to spend the money on somebody they don't like very much. No. Right. Yeah. And so, well done. I think that it was good that he mentioned the prayer thing, because that was something that really helped me with some of the the tougher ones that I couldn't let go or say, you know how some of those resentments in your list, when you go through your eighth step with your sponsor, they're going to, you're going to come up to the conclusion that it's some amend you shouldn't make. Um, and so there you are, you're stuck with it. And what do we do? Well, he told me that you pray for that person. You pray for him every day until you actually mean it. And it will happen. It happened for me. And we'll put that piece in the show notes and we'll also put the prayer the dash in the yeah, show the, notes as well it was a poem not poem, a prayer yep yeah, so the poem beautiful. the dash <laughs> and the and the resentment prayer yeah piece because mm-hmm. that worked for me as well yeah man and it was longer than two weeks for some of them yeah but it worked just until yep that's, exactly that's a not that's a definite, an until yep, I agree that's mm-hmm. not a yep and we got Melinda Hey, my name is Melinda, and I'm calling about the topic of resentment. I love to talk about resentments with people because we all know that resentments means feeling something we've scented or felt before all over again and again and again and again. But my favorite part of that to discuss in my 12-step program of adult children of alcoholics is the fact that catching ourselves in the moment in the awareness that we're actually feeling something we've felt before Uh, whether the circumstances that we're in today reflect that or not 
is essential and it's difficult especially for adult children of dysfunctional families to do because we're often feeling our feelings beneath layers of denial that we're feeling them at all Um, so we find ourselves in relationships with partners where we've painted our uh, dysfunctional parents face or our ex-boss's face or the system's face or the oppressor's face onto somebody that we're in relation to today and we're carrying over some of the hurt from the pain of the past into the present moment. And that's why I appreciate organizations like Refuge Recovery so much and the Buddhism and the 12-step approach because it really teaches you to be in the present moment, not ruminating about the past or fascinating about the future, but being right here in the moment and saying, oh, yeah, I've felt this before. Is the person in the room the same person that I felt this with before? No then I can maybe let this go and not let it inform my actions today. And I'll put that on my list and talk about it with my sponsor on another day. So anyway, love the conversation. Thanks for being there. Way out podcast. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Melinda. That was awesome. That was really, really amazing. Mm -hmm. And I love that idea that we can begin the work of separating somebody's action today that, triggers past emotional pain and hurt from a prior relationship that hurt us. And we can, as she said, not let that inform our behavior today. Dude, I'm such a big offender of that exact thing. You know, that's, it's messed up how one person's actions can spark your life to be led under fear where you just assume that other people are going to do it to you as well you know you just think the worst of people because it hurt so bad that time that you don't want to feel it again and really what you're doing is probably blocking yourself from so many amazing things in your life you know and it's so that's such crucial work yeah absolutely i mean man you you really just summed it up right there Thanks, man. (laughs) This idea that these relationships are of, uh, that they, when she she said putting somebody else's face on a current relationship, right? So maybe it was a parent uh, that hurt us or a, uh, an ex that hurt us or a boss or a friend or a child, whatever that is, but we carry that into current relationships and when they hurt us, and people will, right? And that's the one thing, the acceptance piece that I really work on. People will hurt us and I have to accept that, right? Right? That I will get hurt. They will inflict pain upon me. They will harm me. And vice versa. And vice versa. And that gets back a little bit to the Our Father, right? We for, forgive trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? Right. And in, 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 in it's a root prayer, but I but it, it but I think about that every time mm. I say that prayer. I really think about. I know people are going to trespass against me. I just know that, right? And I have to forgive those people, as you know. It's it's a. I do this first. I forgive you first, right? Mm. So. Gentlemen, let's talk about next week's podcast, 
in the topic that came out of this podcast. Yeah. Any burning topic ideas yeah, that have stemmed from today's What's burning in your loins, Alex? <laughs> I mean, I, I got I got two and and one of them I know for sure. You got two loins them. or two ideas? <laughs> you like to know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, I got, I got two ideas. <laughs> I got two ideas okay. before I dig myself into uh, too deep a hole. I know. I know that we already talked about one of them, and that was that's acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which really is, believe it or not, the antidote for resentment. Uh, and the other one is higher power. You know, mm. and did we? We've never done. We didn't do that. We've never done an episode on. A higher power. We've talked around it a lot, and we've interlaced it, right? It's intrinsically intertwined yeah. into much of what we talk about, right? right? And I get that it might be delicate, right? But, I mean, you know, that that's just what I got. We can, you know, we can do it or not. No, I like it. You know, and it's, it's one of them things, man, that I think this is... A call out, man. And we did to one, you. so we did episode one ten, which was acceptance. So let's do a higher power, and we can talk about. By the way, you know there are people that recover and are atheists. There are people that recover yeah. and don't have a god per se. That they that there's Buddhists, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not a religion. That's a practice, right? Right. So that we can talk about spirituality. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear, you know, you the listeners giving us calls like blow us up let's do this guys because i seriously wish that some of these topics are things that i know there's so many perspectives out there and i just want the calls right and i'm even i'm even gonna throw a wager out there for every call that we get this next week for every single call i will run one mile on the treadmill and update via social media after every. I month. like it. We're gonna do it, and we're gonna have him. Holy one yeah. mile That's... for every call, people. Yeah, let's blow this up. Make me suffer, guys. And we'll put that on the Way Out Podcast yeah. Facebook page, That's, and that we will, and yeah. the Twitter. Yep, and all that, that. we will. You guys all heard and it. The Instagram, Insta, <laughs> dude. I, dude, you guys kill this. Kill guy. it. Kill him. Yeah, <laughs> I will walk. Was it ten thousand miles? No, five hundred yeah. miles, and I will walk five hundred more just to be the man. Walk on the treadmill and kill himself. Hey, it's been a great podcast. That would be awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was beautiful. And again, rest in peace, Jesse. Yeah, and Jesse. I'm hoping that you were here with us during this podcast, and I was. I'm hoping. That in some way, shape, or form, we were able to honor your life um, in only the way the Way Out podcast can. So, Godspeed. And say what's up to all the fallen homies for me. That's right. Godspeed, Jesse. Peace out, guys. Be good, everybody. Night. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to the Way Out podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, 
TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will. Thank you.